0: Take the leap because there's no reason why you shouldn't be there. There's no reason why you aren't capable. And on top of that, technology would benefit from having you there. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech.
2: Hi, my name is Brian Switchko of One Inc. We are a creative cohort and storytelling studio based in Los Angeles. I've been a listener of the We Are Tech podcast since the beginning. I've been a member of the We Are Tech community since the beginning. I am so happy and grateful to have known Esprit and watched the genesis of both. Um, but I've remained a listener because of the warmth that she shares with her listeners and her audience, but also the space that she makes uh, for her, her guests and the stories that come from that. And then also to know that those stories aren't just stories, they aren't just just content. Uh, they're a part of a community and that community is something that can be experienced in so many different ways. And the times that I've been able to meet other people and connect with them from the community have resulted in meaningful relationships and potent business partnerships. And, you know, and so many situations where I can track back person to person, situation to situation over months and years, um, and, and just point to as free as the catalyst for, for what, you know, you look back and it's just, it's just magic. Uh, I'm so happy and grateful for us free and the We Are LA Tech community. I will continue listening, participating and happily cheering for a very long time to come.
1: Join thousands of people in LA Tech on our We Are LA Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities and even housing. Go to com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's com slash community. I think a lot about what the word success means to me. And this is what today's personal spot is about. I think a lot about how, when I first started my entrepreneurial career, I would aspire to be on the cover of, you know, the biggest, biggest magazines like Fast Company and Inc. and Entrepreneur and Forbes. And that was my dream. And, you know, terms like IPOing and things, you know, starting out in the startup world, I don't know, it just, you dream so big. But then as I've gone through my journey, I realized that success has nothing to do with all that outward stuff. But it's hard because it's like my mind plays tricks on me and I see the things in digital media and the internet economy and I compare myself, you know, a lot. I think we all do. And so recently, most of you probably know Joe Rogan's podcast got acquired by Spotify for something like a hundred million. And recently another girl, Alex Cooper, who started podcasting, I think at the end of 2018, 2018. And she was offered a deal by Spotify, $20 million a year for three years. So $60 million. Can you imagine you're just like walking into your kitchen and you're like, you know, I think I'm going to start a podcast. And then you start doing this random thing in your kitchen. And three years later, you get a deal with Spotify for 20 million a year. And, you know, of course, I'm like, man, you know, and I start playing this comparison game and all this stuff. But really, at the end of the day, and I'm not Just saying this to like make myself feel better or anything, but I truly believe this because I've watched, you know, my celebrity friends and what they have to deal with behind closed doors. And I really think that true success is how we feel in private, in private when no one's looking. True success is nothing anybody can see. True success is how we feel on the inside. And if we don't feel full, on the inside, behind closed doors, when no one's looking, then we're not actually successful. And I think you could have all the money in the world and all the power and status in the world, but you can't necessarily feel whole, right? But you can feel whole at any financial stage and status stage of the journey that's a matter of choice if we want to work on that, right? And I know it's something that I want to work on and I continue to work on it. On my mirror, I have even little sayings to myself. And again, it's hard because I go back and forth between thinking about success and just being like, all right, just focus on feeling my inner calm and doing my meditation and being a good person, being a good daughter and, you know, staying connected to why I'm showing up every day. When I see news stories like this one, I'm like, man, and I get jostled. And then I have to kind of focus even harder on staying clear, not getting caught up, you know, staying clear and connected to my own journey, my own path and not getting caught up. Anyway, I don't know how oldie this sounds, but I think true success is what no one can see. And it seems like success is all outside, but I don't think that to be true. Anyway, enjoy the next episode. Welcome back to the We Are LA Tech podcast, spotlighting LA tech companies and talent. So excited for our next guest coming at us from Bakersfield. Welcome, Haley. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited we're finally representing Bakersfield on We Are LA Tech. It's about time. Dude, (laughs) yes. I feel like it's an honor and also a burden. Hopefully I don't do Bakersfield (laughs) wrong here. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Thank you for your patience in us getting set up to get this underway. You know, you don't know this, but I'm born and raised in L.A. And I have a really fond memory of Bakersfield. I drove to Bakersfield for a boyfriend, of course, because why do we always drive that way? It's a funny memory, but it's also like a, a quirky memory. It was one time where my car door flew open like on the freeway to Bakersfield. And oh my I had, so ever since then, I have a paranoia that all doors always need to be locked. <laughs> like- well, now so do I. Thanks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like that's my memory of Bakersfield is like lock on my doors so they don't fly open. And oh my gosh, my boyfriend is so cool. <laughs> that is amazing. Wow, well, honored to be a part of that memory somehow. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about where Bakersfield is positioned Yes, in relation to like central Los Angeles? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. So Bakersfield is probably like two hours ish, depending on traffic, north of Los Angeles. Basically take like the, the five to the ninety nine. I think that's the way it goes. And you'll end up right in Bakersfield. It's in between L.A. and Fresno. If you don't know Fresno, it's between like LA and San Fran, you know, closer to LA though. So that's where we're at. I don't know a whole lot of like specifically for product, which is what I'm in. I don't know a lot of meetups right now, but would love to start one. I've been trying to reach out to more women in product in Bakersfield and kind of get those conversations going. I know my fiance, who's a software engineer, has been to quite a few meetups for JavaScript or just for developing in general. And he's been super excited about that. But again, Bakersfield definitely has a lot of potential to kind of get that meetup culture, that tech culture growing more. And so I'm
1: that we're all going to kind of try to collectively do a better job of that and foster that i feel like this is an amazing opportunity for you to become the person of Bakersfield to unify. I mean, that's what I did in 2012 is I was just like, I want there to be like an awesome community for everyone in LA Tech. And speaking of Bakersfield being over two hours away, everything's like over two hours away in LA with the traffic. It's really hard for us as a city to unify because we have this commute time in our way. So I made it a point. I'm like, okay, what are all the ways that I could get everybody together? What can I do? I feel like you could be that in that nucleus of the Bakersfield needs in order to have that uh, experience of connectivity. And you want to take on that responsibility. Yeah, a lot of responsibility. Let's let's just bring it on. No, but I would love that. And it would be an honor.
0: And so I think that that's a really wonderful, creative idea. And I think that Bakersfield needs that, you know, and I've lived here my whole life. My parents were born here as well. So I think if anyone's more qualified on Bakersfield, man, it's (laughs) me.
1: (laughs) I mean, you could even start the old school site meetup.com start a meetup. I don't what? know. I think it would be really, really cool. Yeah. Um, go ahead tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So you already mentioned born and raised
0: in Bakersfield, California. So midtown girl, you know, I found my love for technology in college. Um, I was going to be a math major, big old math nerd, you know the vibes, but um, took a computer science class as an elective and absolutely fell in love with programming and creating and logic, and I was just absolutely overwhelmed by the potential that it had and so i switched my major to computer science jumped into the coding world kind of jumped around the tech industry more or less in my different positions i've been a developer i've been a data analyst and now i work as a product owner at a fintech healthcare startup and i'm just loving it learning new things every day and you know trying to find some time to do some fun stuff in between love to do yoga
1: cook hike, all the good stuff, so. Before we started recording, you had mentioned that you recently created a course. Tell us a little bit about the course you created, if you don't mind sharing. Oh, know, yeah, not at off all.
0: Guard. Not <laughs> at all, no, absolutely. I'll totally talk about it. So back when I was still working in data, I... Worked with a really cool company called Dumb blonde Data, super cute name. That is um, nice. and I filmed an intro to sequel course. And I actually centered it all around Taylor Swift and Taylor Swift lyrics Stop. and Taylor Swift data. Yeah, it was so much fun. I had an amazing time. And it was my first time ever really like being on camera like that. And so it was a really big learning experience, but I had a blast.
1: Do you know the creative named Puno? She's so cool. She goes by Puno Puno. She has a company called I Love Creatives. Her video editing is legit like nothing I've ever seen before it's Mm -hmm. the most unique video and I feel like your Taylor Swift unique approach to something where you wouldn't think the two and two to go go together like I can't even describe her editing it is so rare and unique and I feel like that's what your coding experience (laughs) is with Taylor Swift like I can't I have to see it to truly like understand yeah
0: It was pretty fun. And now I'm interested in this girl. I have to go check her out now.
1: (laughs) Tell us, like, when did you first become interested in tech? I know that you were mentioning math and kind of what happened once you already were interested. But where did the first spark come from?
0: Yeah, so it's actually pretty funny. I feel like growing up, technology wasn't really on my radar. We had one family computer when I was a kid, which is pretty weird considering that I'm relatively young, right? It's not like I was before the computer times. It just wasn't really our thing as a family. So, yeah, really I didn't really... yeah, I know. Yeah, I, meh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> it was good. Um, but, Yeah, so it wasn't really on my radar much, and I I remember taking or participating in a program at my college, probably my senior year of high school, and I started messing with MATLAB, and looking back, I don't think I realized what it actually was or how much power, like, MATLAB holds and, you know, mathematical computing and things like that. But that was my first taste. But again, I didn't know technology or what coding or software development even was. So I don't think I even really knew what I was doing at the time. Right. But then kind of fast forward like a year and a half later, I took like an intro to programming in C++ as an elective for my math major, not right. even thinking it was anything relevant to me. I was just like, OK, sure, I'll check the box. I'll try to go get my A, whatever. Right. And I remember going to the first day and I cried, dude, I was so overwhelmed. I was like, yeah. what is this world? Who are these people? Right. What is this teacher saying? I do not right. get these jokes. I don't know what an OS is. I don't know what a database is. Oh, my God. I was so stressed. Right. And I, I stuck it out because I'm Uh, let's say motivated, let's not say stubborn, (laughs) but I stuck it out and I learned so much and I thought it was, again, so fascinating. And so that was my first taste of what I could use my interest in logic and not even math, because you don't have to be good at math to be in tech, right? But just using that desire to kind of be a critical thinker and how I could use that with the skills of a software developer and, you know, be a really happy person and content with what I was doing. So I didn't even get my first taste of like, pure technology until college
1: it's interesting it reminds me there's this amazing podcast host his name is danny miranda and he was talking in an interview about meditation and how he started meditating because like someone he admires meditated so he's like fine i'll give it a try and he hated it for like the first 30 days maybe a little bit more and i find that so interesting but he stuck with it because the person he admired like said no this is this yeah. is the jam and then he fell in love with it and then you kind of share the same thing when you first discovered this world you're like no yeah. but you stuck with it and then you fell in love with it and I'm really curious where did you find the stamina the willpower the discipline like I don't have the personality type I'd have to think really hard if I've ever just like known I wasn't digging something and stuck with it anyway. I don't think I have. Yeah.
0: So a couple of things, as I kind of alluded to, I am a very stubborn person. And so I don't like to not be good at something. And that yeah. can be a, a good thing about my character and a character flaw at the same time. You know, I've definitely learned to accept when maybe something isn't my cup of tea, but I was just so motivated to not let that class get the best of me and on top of that, I was probably one of the women, if not the only one in there. And I was like, forget this. I'm not going to be the girl that goes down. You know, right. I'm going to stick it out and represent, you know. So that was another thing. Also, I feel Did very- you, Wait, Haley, you really,
1: you consciously thought that?
0: I remember just thinking- Forget all this like boy stuff because all the jokes were so male centric. You know, it was about cars and all the examples really? were about video games. You were and conscious things. of that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Ooh, interesting. Okay, yeah, I, I know. Forward. And being, I would think I was seventeen years old at the time. I started college at a younger age, just the way my birthday falls. So yeah, it's right. crazy thinking back. And now, now that I've been in the industry for years, it's a whole thing. It's a whole
1: topic. A whole. You know, I spent so much time with my father. He's who was really in tech. So I didn't really see gender, like, growing up as a little girl. Because, like, I went to motocross with my dad. And I was on the computer with my dad. And I was like, I'm just like my dad. And, you know, like, I think it's really cool that you were like, I'm going to stand for something that young. I'm like, wow. I don't know. There's something real... Rad about that. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I've always
0: been told that I'm wise beyond my years. (laughs) Maybe I'm just an old grandma in a 23 year old body, but yeah, I I was super into it. And one other thing I was going to say, I was actually really lucky to have a very good professor who I still keep in contact with to this day. I actually work with him, which is really awesome. Um, And he actually pulled me aside halfway through the semester and was like, Hey, you know, you're really good at this, right? And I needed that because I don't have a lot of self-confidence. I don't think I, at that point, even until he said that, had even thought of pursuing that as a career. But he said, hey, like, you should seriously think about studying this full time. Like, where are you going with math? Like, where do you want there? Because this can give you so much more. And that seriously changed my whole trajectory for my life. I approached that class as just a a checkbox on my path to get my math degree and move on with my life. Right. But he kind of made me take a step back and say, Hey, you don't have to take this one road that you foresaw for yourself since you were what, 14 years old. I've decided I liked math the best and wanted to study that. You know, he totally. said, you know, like, let's shake that up a little bit. Let's take a step back and let's kind of realign what we're looking at and what the future is and all the potential that the technology field holds. And I'm so lucky, absolutely lucky that that happened to me because my life would be so different now if he wouldn't have taken the time and the effort and the initiative to pull me aside and say, hey, you can do this.
1: Yeah. And I want to get into like what your work life is today. But before that, throughout your journey being in tech, what is a huge obstacle you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it?
0: Yeah. And that's a wonderful question. Obstacles is probably what we were talking about. I can dive into it a little bit more. I think that I've always assumed the worst in my abilities and I've always thought the worst and my brain always likes to go to the worst scenario. So I can give a pretty good example. So a while back, I remember something went wrong with maybe like an analysis project i was doing or something like that nothing big or groundbreaking but you know something happened that i felt upset and i felt the need yeah. to apologize to my coworkers and be like hey i'm sorry i let you down i'm sorry i didn't hit this deadline or whatever it was and then i think what was it like maybe a couple weeks later i ended up getting a call and getting an offer to take a new role in my company as a product owner and I remember talking to my mom because my mom is one of my biggest cheerleaders. And she's like, Haley, you're like a broken record. Time and time again, you tell me you don't think you're good enough. You don't think that you're built for this line of work. You don't think that you deserve to be where you're at. And then time and time again, something comes along to show you, hey, you're doing a good job. And I was like, ah, woman, you're right. And so it's just this constant battle with myself of staying humble, but also not letting that drag me down from my own potential, from saying, okay, yeah, I'm not the best, but I'm absolutely also not the worst. You know, I'm doing a great job. I'm, I'm growing. I'm learning. I have a lot to offer. I have a unique perspective to offer and all those things. And so, yeah, it's just, it's been a daily battle to wake up in the morning and say, hey, I, I know I have a long way to go, but look how far I've come. I don't need to focus on, oh, I, I'm lacking here in XYZ, but I've also improved in ABC. You know, so it's an interesting
1: one. It's, it's a deep, it's a deep one but it's good. (laughs) I think the journey to believe in ourselves, at least in our culture, it's a tough one. And it ebbs and flows. And we have moments where we feel really strong. And then we have moments where we question our self-worth, at least speaking for myself. I have moments I feel really strong. And then I have moments where I question my self-worth. And I notice there's a lot of people that share that, especially in this digital age, where we get presented such Photoshop perfection all the time. We're always wondering, like, am I matching up? Am I leveling up to to what's out there, even though what's out there is completely manufactured and not real?
0: (laughs) Yep. Nope. You're so right. It's like,
1: I don't my arm don't do that. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So walk us through your day to day. Now working in healthcare. what does that look like and what really sparks a fire for you about your day to day work life right now?
0: Yeah. So a lot of what I do as a product owner, I mean, the textbook definition of a product owner is to maximize value. Very broad, of course, right? You got to keep it broad so that it's easy to, you know, morph a position into something meaningful. But I think that one of the biggest parts of what I do is kind of being a bridge, I am constantly, you know, making sure that there's proper communication between different departments and where I work, you know, so getting the engineers, the business rules that they need, you know, so I do work in healthcare, but it's also a finance solution. So it's like all that fun stuff related to HIPAA and confidentiality, but also like finance (laughs) and interest. I know so riveting, right? My God, I'm, I'm so, I, I'm just enthralled by it. no, but it is super fun. And so you know making sure that engineers understand that side of it, but then also keeping realistic expectations from stakeholders. So finance people, You know, COOs, CEOs, when they, you know, sometimes when you don't work in tech, you don't know the power of tech or sometimes the limitations of current technical implementations. And so making sure that we're all aligned and what we expect and what's going to come out of a certain project and how we can improve it. I also talk a lot with analysts and people who are more plugged into the data so we can make better data-driven solutions. And so it's really fun because I get to have my foot in every area, you know, and not be expected to know everything deep down to the depths of the core of the earth on each subject, but being able to talk shop with everybody and legitimately foster creative conversations that move us towards building a better product. And it's super enjoyable and very enlightening to talk with people who are pros or seasoned experts in each of their fields. And I learn so much every day from engineers, business people, finance people alike, and it's it's super fun.
1: What would you say are some resources if someone wanted to end up where you are right now? What should they do? Like, what does that look like? How do they get there? Yeah, yeah. So
0: I feel like a lot of People tend to think that to get into the world of product, whether product ownership or product management, you have to have been a coder before. I must say I am at an advantage since I have built software before. And so I have that, you know, that way of thinking so I can kind of put myself into an engineer's shoes, so to speak. Um, But it's not required, you know, it's not required to be able to go build an app. You know, it, you don't need that. It's mostly just a frame of mind, if that makes sense. It sounds cheesy, yeah. but it's serious. Yeah, you have to be able to think like the person that you're building for. And so I, I think that a lot of being a successful product owner has to do with what, what industry you're in and kind of getting to know your audience and who's using your product. But no matter where you're at, I think that just reading more about other product owners and product managers experiences and their failures is very valuable because you learn, okay, they, they approach the problem this way and maybe that was totally wrong, but they learned this and this from it. So I I read a lot of blogs on medium. I love medium obsessed with medium. Honestly, I listen to a lot of podcasts, yours included, but also Mm -hmm. um, products. Of course I've listened to your podcast forever. So I was so stoked that I got to come on here. And so product school has a really great podcast available on Spotify. Have you heard of them before? Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. So, so, so good. And I just love hearing everybody's unique perspectives because again, product is such a, it's one of those industries that it's been around for a while, but I feel like it's not something like software engineering or data science where you can go and just have this manual of here's what packages you can use. Here's what visualizations you can use. Here's what frameworks you should learn. It's just not like that. Right. And so it's a lot of just, again, developing that mindset more than anything, you know, and those soft skills. I want to be
1: really clear for everyone just in case because something different about how you describe your role is you say product owner rather than product manager and or rather than product lead and so when you're saying product owner you're not meaning founder
0: no i'm not the founder although that would be cool (laughs) um no so As an owner, I'd say I'm a product owner because I take ownership of that product. So I, more than anyone else, have the final say in what needs to be built on that product, what needs to be fixed in that product, what is the most dire pants on fire bug that we need to handle in that product. And so really it's my job to be able to answer as many questions I can about that product and to have the full scope of where was it a year ago? Where are we now with this product and where are we going? Right. You know? And so I take ownership and saying it's my responsibility to know everything about this product that I can. And whenever someone has a question about it, fingers crossed that when they come to me, I can be the person to give them a little more light on the subject and why we're
1: doing what we're doing. I think it's so important to never make assumptions about who our listeners are and just to cover all basis. Plus, love like it. I said, you're the first person to have described it that way. So cool. it's, it's nice. There's a question I love to explore, which is, well, first I'll dive into this. This is my selfish question. So you've probably heard it a million times is what is your favorite tech tool? It can be a website, hardware, software?
0: Okay, so I am now officially a fangirl of this site that I I'm discovered. So excited. It changed my life. I think I put it in the questionnaire you sent me. It's called Miro, M-I-R-O. Have you heard of it?
1: Yes, I actually <sighs> knew about Miro from the founder in Europe when Miro was new. Oh, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's just, so it's jealous. crazy how big Miro is now, yes. It is <laughs> such
0: a good product because I was on the Draw.io train forever right because yeah. they have the Google integration you can save it in your Google Drive automatically it's right, right. super easy But, oh my gosh, like, and maybe it was just my lack of creativity, but my diagrams, they were lacking, man. Like, they did not look super good. And I jumped over to Miro. One of my coworkers recommended it to me, and I was like, "Ah, I don't care. I guess I'll try it. It's free for now. Right. And my mind, just the way that they built it, how user-friendly it is, it just looks better. There's so many more capabilities You can integrate it with Jira, which we love Jira in my house. Um, So, yeah, I am a big Miro fangirl. I just messaged the chief product officer and said, hey, we need to get we need to get the product team this Miro subscription because
1: it's it's a big it's a big game changer. (laughs) And the Miro team's really cool. I always think it's important to have like cool leadership. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, that makes me like it even more now. It sets the culture for the entire company. Yes. And their product speaks
0: because their product is seriously awesome. Like I'm absolutely just blown away by it. Ah, I love
1: it. I love tools. And do you find that there's a tech community in Bakersfield? You know, I think that Bakersfield has been a little bit behind
0: in the technology world, but I can honestly say that Everyone is doing their part in our small tech community that we do have to try to grow it. You know, we're opening more co-working spaces. We had a company called Bitwise Industries. I don't know if you've heard them. They're actually building a location right across the street from my work, uh, downtown Bakersfield. And we're super excited about that. We've got a couple software companies that are starting to bloom here in town. So I think we're doing our part to kind of foster that technical community and try to catch up with some of those L.A.s and Silicon Valleys of the world.
1: And what are some of the co-working spaces in Bakersfield that we should tap into? So my favorite right now is called Mesh Cowork. It's also downtown.
0: It's like five minutes from my actual office they're upstairs above a coffee shop super cute everything downtown in Bakersfield is relatively old so it's like an old like 1900s building but they've kind of done their best to like decorate it up and they've got some cool murals in there and lots of plants and things and it's it's a super cool environment lots of creatives always exciting things going on there photo shoots all that good stuff any
1: resources or accelerators in Bakersfield that we should know about
0: Again, I'll mention Bitwise because they're they're building right now. They have classes. They actually do like contracting. You can get a job at Bitwise and they'll allow you to contract out to build software for other companies. Um, And they also have co-working. So I think Bitwise is going to be a really cool place to learn because you can take the courses, but also just to hang out with other people in technology because they kind of have that open space right. vibe. So I think that's going to be really cool for Bakersfield once it opens up. I've been seeing them doing construction a lot lately so I'm super
1: excited about that if we can do anything as a community to propel you forward to bridge that gap between Beakersfield and central LA what's something that we could do as a community so we could all feel more connected to one another
0: I love that question. I think it would be really cool to have some people come speak. You know, we could organize some events. That's actually been something that's been on the back of my mind for a really, really long time is doing some kind of panel here in town for local gals and guys and all that, who are interested in technology, but maybe don't know much, someone like me who wasn't super in touch with it, I think it'd be really cool to put together some kind of talk or panel or presentation to just kind of uncover the wonder that is technology and the potential that it has. I think that'd be fantastic.
1: And how can people connect with you?
0: So you can follow me on Instagram, of course, at totallytech.io. My email inbox is always also open. It's contact.totallytech at gmail.com. Either one of those, I'm always pretty plugged in and receptive. And I would love to chat or get to know you, hear your technology path, hear your struggles, hear how you think Bakersfield can be the next Silicon Valley. Just kidding. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I would love for anyone to reach out that thinks they have something of value
1: to share or questions. And- why is being in Bakersfield an advantage versus moving to central LA or even San Francisco or New York? What do you think Bakersfield has that, you know, we should understand like wow, that's a that's a superpower we weren't aware of? Yeah, love
0: that question. So, one thing that I love about Bakersfield is a lot of people love to hate on it, especially people from here. It's just like a thing you do, but a lot of times I think people stick around It's a mid-sized town with small town vibes. Like everyone knows everyone, which I love that. I love being able to go to the grocery store and see, you know, your neighbor's goldfish's aunt or something and like, Hey, how's it going? You know? So I love that feeling of a small town vibe without only having the same a hundred faces to see every day. You know, there's still that diversity of just people in general of being able to meet different people every day, but also still feeling comfortable. Also, the cost of living is not to get all financial here, but the cost of living is fantastic here. I probably pay a third of what someone would pay in LA for the house that I love to live in right now. And so that is a huge plus. And with remote working, I know that it makes it more possible, you know, to live where you want. So love that about Bakersfield as well. And also like you kind of mentioned, there's so much potential here. You know, I think it's such an untapped area, especially for technology. There's a lot of room here for people to come in and start something awesome. It's not super saturated. You know, there's a lot of potential to grow and build that community as a tech community. And I think it would be cool to see.
1: Is that the area I may be totally off where people go to learn how to sky, not skydive, parasail? Jump off a cliff and fly. (laughs) I think
0: that's close. I think it's close. I don't think it's here. I know what you're talking about and it's on the tip of my tongue, but I think it might be like in one of the cities, like 30, 45 minutes from here. Mm
1: -hmm. What kind of amenity does it have for people listening? They're like, oh, I hadn't considered that before. What's one? Maybe I should move their amenity.
0: Ooh, okay. So, I mean, this one isn't directly here, but I like to start with this one. Everything is like one to two hour drive. So like there you can drive to Pismo beach and it takes under Mm -hmm. two hours. You can can drive drive to Yeah. You can drive to Sequoia national park and you're in the park in like an hour 45. You can drive to Yosemite national park in three. And so I feel like it's just a really nice hub Mm. for any environment you want, whether it's the coast, the mountains, the desert, like you can get it all really quickly in like a day trip. Now, if we're talking more Local to Bakersfield, we have some really cool hiking trails over at Hart Park. We have the Kern River, which don't swim in it. It's dangerous, but it is really cool down there. We've got a couple lakes nearby that people like to take their boats and go do things We've got a cool hockey team that plays. They just started back up after COVID called the Bakersfield Condors. They made a cool playoff run this year or last year. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. So it's not your LA where there's something to do on every corner, but if you look, there's always
1: some fun, little cute things to do around Bakersfield. You know, speaking of something fun to do on every corner One of the things that happened along with the pandemic was it was the first time. It's actually a friend told me. I'm like, that is true. It was the first time there was no FOMO. (laughs) So true. And there's something that makes life so much more enjoyable not to have constant FOMO. It's like you can't even enjoy where you are because you're thinking about what you're missing. And so to be in a place like Bakersfield where it's like where you are is where you are and you're enjoying it and it could lead to a more fulfilling life. I know that's a little bit out there but
0: (laughs) no no not at all I actually was really sad when I was in college and I ended up staying here and going to the four-year college here Cal State University Bakersfield instead of going to Cal Poly which is where I also got in and I was really upset with myself forever and now I just look at it as a blessing I would have never met my fiance I wouldn't have been able to you know watch my younger sister grow up and go through high school and you know watch my mom get remarried so so many things I would have missed out on if I would have gone off to that next cool thing at Cal Poly. Polly. So yeah, FOMO is a real thing, but um, there, there's definitely lots of fun to be
1: had right where you're at. 100%. Is there anything you would have liked to share with everybody that you haven't shared yet?
0: I'll just reiterate that if you are on the edge of considering pursuing some kind of technology career, whether you are... I don't know, someone who feels like you know a lot about technology or you don't, whether you feel like you're qualified or you're not, whether you are good at math and science and or you're not. Just like Esprit just told me, take the leap because there's no reason why you shouldn't be there. There's no reason why you aren't capable. And on top of that, technology would benefit from having you there because everyone has a unique approach. And especially with me working in products and building new products that help the world, they deserve to have people building them that have similar perspectives to you. So, you know, we deserve to have women and people of color building products because that's who's going to be using them, you know? And so whoever you are, if you think that you can't do technology, then sorry, but you're wrong, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I'll say it nicely. You're unfortunately wrong because you are very capable and you deserve to be there.
1: That's all. Thank you so much, Haley, for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast to connect and collaborate with more awesome people in LA Tech. Remember to go to the We Are LA Tech Facebook group at wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Say hello on social at we Are LA Tech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, here you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye.
0: Hey, my name is Haley Hamer. I am a product owner at Healthcare Finance Direct, a healthcare fintech crossover startup in Bakersfield. And you are listening to We Are LA Tech.